Hi, welcome to our podcast. We're going to be discussing how to be a humane leader and keeping your job. Uh, with me today is Roberto Torres, and he has a lot of experience with startups, which is much different than my experience with great, big, gigantic companies. So he's going to tell us a, a little more about how to be a humane leader in those environments, and I'll be asking him some questions uh, because I have zero experience in being a leader in a startup. Roberto, how are you doing today? Hi, Chris. Um, I'm great. Thank you very much. I'm eager to be here uh, today and talk about this, which uh, rather than you, um, I've been the last 20, no, let me see, 25 years. <laughs> I've been <laughs> 25 years in startups, so I'm, I'm, I'm very proficient in it. That's excellent. And I, I know the challenges as a leader would be significantly different than what we had. You know, we had 130,000 employees, you'd have significantly less. But how do you, what were some of those challenges that, that kind of make it so different? Well, actually, at a startup, our main purpose is to, um, to acquire users and to have growth. Because yes, as, as you mentioned, you could have about 100,000 employees or about 10,000. And uh, we are at a startup, we begin with a few employees. Mainly we begin since, uh, since a, a startup is a, a tech company, we begin mainly with uh, tech uh, engineers. And from there uh, we go on. I think one of the, the main challenges in, in a startup is um it's, it's like that it's acquiring users and and making growth and by that you have to create a product and probably an mvp in which you could uh release this mvp and for that you require to be in a scrappy development you know it, it is to code it, it is to barely test it is to implement and then it is to grab new features, new functionalities from product, and then it, it goes uh, this iteration, and it it could be really really harsh, and it could be really really difficult because you will be in a lot of pressure. You know, we will be releasing new uh, versions of applications or of the service probably on a weekly basis. And it's really hard because people are not used to have this kind of pressure, you know. And and how do you, you know, kind of from a performance and coaching perspective, you know, a lot of your performance, let's say to drive user growth, it, boy, for those technical people that are coding and stuff and, hey, you know what, not as many people started to use our product it must be kind of demotivating. How do you keep them motivated when they don't have like direct control to kind of get momentum of growth? Yeah, indeed. The problem is that many people who, who begins uh, working in, at startups doesn't know uh, what's going to be. There are people who are eager to work. There are people who might have, you know, might have a made of senior experience, but Few people knows what to expect to work uh, on a startup. And the thing is to motivate someone, 
yes, you can have a one-on-one meeting and etc. But for me, uh, in my case, what um, um, what was best for me and for for my team and and everyone was to fully understand what was the motivation behind these people, what was the root motivation for them, for each one of them. So yes, you can you can have um, in, in my one ones. What I used to have was to uh, split the one on one. The first one, I was talking with these people to understand, okay, from where they were coming from, what was their background, what was uh, that kind of motivation that they they had, you know, these um, intrinsic motivation rather than the extrinsic one, because with the intrinsic one, you can know if these people would want to know, uh, to gather knowledge, to be part of family, to have basically more money or whatever. But in this case, I was focusing on the on the intrinsic motivation. And with that, I could have the tools to bring on uh, the, the other part of the one-on-one meeting. Because with that, you can know basically what to do with their productivity, with their performance. If they were lacking of something or they were uh, missing something, with the first part, I would know what to do and what to create. Uh, I would give you uh, an, an example. A front um, a mid engineer that worked with me, she used to uh, hate all these crappy developments, uh, aggression that we had. You know, that being in all of this uh, amount of pressure that she was receiving, but she was eager to be in other company because she was learning more than in other companies. So mm-hmm. for that, uh, for a startup, you require to know more about the person rather than something else. Does it make sense? Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. You know, in the large company, it, you primarily just measured by very objective, unfeeling performance criteria, and uh, and sometimes it could be very hard to motivate someone if they're, you know, kind of what I'm, what I heard you say is, you know, really they were driven by their learning experience, and so one of the things that used to get cut in our budget all the time was training, and and so you couldn't really encourage people to learn or train or you know seek knowledge because you didn't have any budget to send them to any training. Maybe you could give them a little time to learn things online, but it was really, they were going to get evaluated purely on output. So if they were motivated by learning, probably not a big company is probably not a great place for that. <laughs> yeah. And, and one thing that it is really important is the culture within the company. Most of the startups are today, uh, have a culture of companies that uh, their reminiscence, uh, other startups, for example, Uber, um, uh, Rapping here in, in Latam, and other kind of uh, startups, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, all that knowledge, all that culture, all that uh, management that they had, the founders, um, Copy, copy and paste it into this one, and and it's like a you know it's like a family when you get sure. one, 
there are two people who are different, who come from different backgrounds and maybe different, uh, um, different culture, uh, familiar culture, and they merge into a new one. That's the same that happens in a startup. Is a culture is really, really, really important because you could you could be uh, like a big company, you know, uh, having someone who could be um, uh, probably different departments in which they could do specific things. But in a startup with a culture, you could um, you could do many things. Uh, for for instance, let's say that you put a hat. Okay, and you have different hats. One is for marketing, one is for product, one is for tech, one is for, I don't know, uh, design and something like that. In a startup, you could have many hats within, uh, above yourself, you could wear them, and those will be uh, a motivation to be in the startup and to have all this performance because you will gather knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. And this, that is the beauty of a startup. And with that, people will thrive and people will get the motivation they require. Yeah, the people of that type of personality that can fit that. You know, I mean, uh, in, my, in my experience in the large company, sometimes you had people who were very, very narrowly focused, right? And they were super experts and had experienced a lot of things and they were successful. But if you put them in a startup, they they probably would not do very well because they don't understand the marketing, the sales, the user interface development, and those kinds of things. They might have been super expert in SQL database, but that was the only thing they were super expert in. And and almost for many of the ones that I knew had not much interest in the other topics. Yeah, indeed, and they might be expecting for for someone else to do stuff, but in a startup, you have to do it. You had to uh, sit for it and you had to bring the results. And with that, that is one of the things that uh, a humane leader could uh, strive directly in a, in a startup. Because with that, you had to talk often with, uh, with the founders and make changes accordingly of what they're seeing. But uh, it is a balance. You cannot be a totally humane leadership without results. And you do not have results without being a humane leadership. That's why it's uh, it's so important that the, um, the, the leadership style must be focused on each different, uh, each different person that, that is like a situational leadership in order to know what to do and to um, provide the best results and the best performance from, from each one. So you have to be different. I think it is uh, this kind of uh, leadership that provides so much value to yourself as a, as a leader and to all, the re, all, all your reports and as well to the, to the culture of the company. Yeah, I think it's the hiring process, you know, whether it's a big company or a startup, you know, you really need to hire into your culture. As you mentioned, the cultures between uh, companies can be pretty different. And then they can be different, obviously, between big companies. GE is much different than Honeywell. This is different than Chevron Oil. The culture is different. But I think you're right in coaching people that in a startup, 
wearing those many hats and being, you may, yes, you could still specialize, let's say in my example of SQL databases, but you still need to know about networking and security and user interface and web development. And you don't need to be the expert in those other topics, but you better know more about them and collaborate with your peers on the startup team or otherwise the whole product won't get you know developed as well as it as it could you really have to be super collaborative uh in your environment yeah indeed uh, and for that let me tell you something else that uh that depends on the face of the startup um one thing it is that rather than being in a you know in a in a, in a let us say in a vertical organization in which you have there is the CEO above, there is, excuse me, beneath is a C-level, beneath is a VP, beneath is a director, and go on, go on, go on. And the decisions flow like that. In a startup, what you to do to motivate and to have a, a better performance at the, at the beginning, to be an horizontal organization within uh, tech. That means that the head of engineer doesn't say, okay, we will use, I don't know, uh, SQL Server, and we will use, uh, I don't know, C, uh, C Sharp or something else. Maybe the team will gather and they say, no, okay, for this uh, problem, we could use Mongo, and uh, we could use Python uh, in the back, and for the um, for the front, we could use React. And, and sometime, maybe, uh, I don't know, a couple of sprints later or something like that, they might say, okay, we think that we will add this framework or we will add this and get it. And with that, you will empower um, uh, the teams within the startup, you know, within the, within the tech team in this instance. And they will feel this motivation because they will say, okay, rather than be an experiment, we all talk. We all saw the problem. We also we all watch this pain point, and we decided that could be the best. With that, they will bring this motivation because they will say, "Okay, we have I don't know this microservices architecture, and uh, we will implement it uh, with this and with that and everything." And we will be like um, rather than a puzzle, it will be like a Lego, you know. And, yes. You will uh, gather all these different pieces and you will begin uh, growing all this. And with that, it is it is something that uh, it brings total motivation. Yeah, but it's empowering. It's empower. I think the phrase you know that I would call that is empowering because the the leadership above is not dictating the solution. So you get uh, empowered employees to make decisions and do things. And I can tell you in a large corporation that that almost never happens because you're trying to standardize stuff across so many different divisions, across so many different employees. And and I think you're really hitting on a culture um, of success where you need um, people that will thrive in that kind of culture of independently evaluating and making decisions as a team together, which may be a great solution for this application. And the next one, it's not the right answer. Whereas in a corp large corporate environment, here are the standards and those are the only ones you're going to follow. Yeah, I did. But this is for the early stages 
of the startup. Because when you get into a product metric fit, you will require uh, a, sta a stabilized structure, infrastructure, excuse me, that will hold uh, all the transactions, all the users, and all the growth. At first, you, you could do it. Later on, no. But one thing uh, with this is that a human leader could, uh, uh, using your word, will empower everyone. So they will feel that the word is being heard, that if they raise their hand and they have an idea, someone will hear it. And it won't be uh, that you, um, probably in a big corporation, that you will add it into a, uh, I don't know, into a being in which uh, uh, there will be a lot of ideas and they might not get implemented right now. So that is the difference between a startup and a big corporation. We, in a, in a startup, we act hastily. We act really rapidly. We have to implement changes often, and our mindset has to change as well. That's why, uh, uh, using your words, people who have worked at a big corporations might not fit into this kind of uh, company. Into, into, right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and one thing that I could tell you. When the pressure is a lot, because one one of the main problems that we have at startups is burnout. It's totally uh, understandable, but rather than avoiding that there is a problem, which is a burnout, and you will not take action, rather than that, people, or in this case, excuse me, in this case, leaders must talk often with our team, you know? They yep. must be talking on a weekly basis, knowing what is going on. And besides going on a one-on-one, they could, I don't know, drop a, a message in Slack or something. How is it going? Uh, what is the problem? You're, you're not going to fix the problems, you know? You're not going to, uh, if there is a marriage problem or they, uh, they're, in, I don't know, in some kind of, of a depression, you, you cannot fix it because that is uh, the thing about uh, each person. But one thing is to feel interest. And when people know that you're feeling interest in them, in their problems, and you might provide, I don't know, maybe guidance or an advice or something like that, people say, okay, this guy or this lady uh, cares about me. Yep. Uh, and you begin forming a bond with them. And, and that helps a lot. In, in the, so uh, you could drop some strategies to reduce or mitigate a burnout as it is. Yeah, and certainly I think when you get <clears throat> to know the, the people more individually like that and know what motivates them, you can and keep them more deeply engaged, you know, in a large corporation, it's quite common for people only to work at a particular role for a year, maybe a year and a half. I, I knew some folks that on a regular basis, they felt if they were in a, a similar role or working on a project for more than two years, that that they were not being successful and they needed to move on in, in a year and a half. And, and of course, my experience is against that because I think to make real contributions and really to make things work, you need a minimum of two years 
doing the something, you know, whatever the, the role or big function is. So in a startup, can you continue to, you know, I don't know what the turnaround is for that is, you know, as somebody in the, in the startup and working in the role and, and working under your leadership, are they in that role for only six months or is it, can, can this go on for three years? No, actually, it doesn't go uh, up that long. In a startup, YouTube um, rise rapidly based on uh, on the results, based on the innovation that you provide to the business. Because, uh, as we spoke before, thanks to the uh, uh, to having all these ideas put on on place and uh, having results. YouTube that begin uh, scaling rapidly. I know uh, and I had some engineers who were 21, 22 years old and were seniors. And they began working at 18 or 19. And they, in, in two years, they rise up to senior rather than six years that it is usually common in some big corporations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And, and why is that? Because rather than being an, uh, I don't know, probably an obtuse leader or an obtuse company in which you will say, okay, this is the, the ladder and you will go step by step each three months. No, they are working so hard, yes, but so wise, so uh, there's so much um, productivity and performance with them that you will see that that idea brought, I don't know, 10,000 users or 100 users or 1 million users. So they will jump directly and they will begin um, going um, uh, fast in the, in the right. So right. It, it's not about time. It is about the immediate results and the, the uh, ideas based on this innovation that brings more business and, in the end, more users and growth. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Um, I think for this topic, uh, we could talk about this for hours or maybe days. So I think uh, we could do a wrap-up. Very good. Uh, and one thing that I have to tell you is I love being in startups. I was born to be in startups. Uh, I love all this knowledge that I for that I acquire for each startup I am. From being, I don't know, maybe in a company that we are, I don't know, maybe 50 people and we have above 10 million users and uh, with a lot of transactions and everything, all that triggers my, um, my eagerness to begin startups and to be it is possible to be a humane leader in in this kind of environments as much as you could talk with the founders make uh, changes accordingly when the time arises and then if that's so uh, people will uh, will love to be in, in a startup yeah, no, I agree. And I think it, it's very interesting that, you know, you recognize the things that make you tick and make you successful are the things that you work on that you enjoy. And uh, I think we ought to explore that further in another podcast is around 
picking the right kind of company that you should work for because the cultural differences between startups, small companies, mid-sized companies, gigantic, huge corporations are different. And not everybody uh, would enjoy or be successful um, across all those different kinds of jobs. And, and perhaps people need to think about that, too, is that, you know, you're going to be a programmer, let's say, but if you want to be a programmer at a startup or a 1,000-person company, or a 10,000-person company, or a 100,000-person company. Those roles are pretty pretty different, even though they're called programmer. Yeah, indeed. And uh, not uh, the, the blood is uh, different. Uh, it's thicker in some companies, and another one is not. But um, yeah, indeed. OK, well. Um, Thanks a lot, Chris, and thanks to our audience, and we will see you next time. Thank you very much. A good discussion. Have a great day. Yeah. Bye-bye.